0: Awesome, Well welcome to Grace Bible Church. Uh, my name is Sam Payne, and I am the youth minister here at our Southwood campus. And so super excited that I get to spend the morning with you guys as we walk through studying God's Word. Uh, so we're not actually going to go through revelation, so we're going to take a quick little break. We're going to take a little detour through the book of Psalms, and we're going to walk through uh, a psalm that is it's Psalms 146, and so it's a praise psalm. So it's all about praise all about praise, all about what the Lord is doing and how we can celebrate him. So we're gonna be talking a lot about that word praise. And so it's probably pretty important for us to define what we mean when we talk about praise. And so it's this, um, praise is excitedly boastful, excitedly boastful, joyous moment. We're praising, we're excitedly boastful about what the Lord is gonna do or what uh, the Lord is expectant to do. And so this morning we're going to talk about what it means to praise the Lord and how we can live a life of praise. And then next week we'll hop back into Revelation and we'll finish out Revelation over the next couple of weeks. Um, So when we talk about praise, being excitedly boastful, uh, I had an experience with this this past summer. And so I'm going to try to make sure this thing isn't popping all over the place. There we go. I had a moment this summer to be really excited and boastful because after a year and a half of dating, after six months of engagement, I finally married my wife. Finally married my wife. I know. It's so exciting. And so we've been, we've been married for the past couple months, and it's been such a joy, such an honor, and it's been so fun just living life with my wife and serving Grace Bible Church alongside her. And so we went through premarital. We did merge. Uh, we have a lot of godly people in our lives that have influenced us, and we have connected with. And it's really interesting. We felt pretty good about the first year of marriage, if you can say that. I mean, there's still like we go through hardships. There's still a lot of stuff that we're wrestling with and walking through, but we felt pretty good. But here's the thing that merge didn't teach us. And here's the thing that godly counsel didn't tell us is one of the hardest parts about marriage is waiting to get your photos back. The hardest part of marriage is the gap from we got married, everybody saw it, to, okay, here's how many months later do we actually get the proof that something actually happened. We were there, I swear we were, and now we have photos to prove it. And so everybody, if you think about weddings, nobody's really videoing or photoing, like everybody's just kind of present. Everybody's there. And so we got a couple photos back, but it was really awesome. I remember the moment we were, we were actually eating dinner and our photographer texted us and said, hey, your photos are ready. Here's the link if you want to go look at them. And so we immediately threw our dinner aside ran to the couch, streamed them on the TV, and just had a blast reliving our wedding. So I want to bring you guys into this moment. So this is us, the very end, as we're walking away, going, leaving the reception. So we had a full day of getting ready for the ceremony. We had a full ceremony, full reception, just an awesome moment of celebrating. And this is probably the moment where I'm like, man, this is one of the heights of praising the Lord joining in a covenantal relationship with my wife and the Lord, praising all that the Lord has done. And what photos, again, what the purpose of a photo is, it's to remind you of what's already happened, remind you of something that has already happened in the past. And so when I look at this photo, all the memories of our wedding, all the memories of a year and a half of dating, all the memories of six months of engagement, all culminate into this one moment. And what a joy and honor it is to praise the Lord. As I look at my wife, and I remember her walking down. She, we got married here at Southwood. I remember walking down the aisle being so excited. And so if you're married, remembering what it's like to be married when you saw your, your wife for the first time, or you saw your husband for the first time, the moments of elation and of praise. And see, when you look at pictures, here's one of the cool things. Praise often goes hand-in-hand hand with remembering. Praise goes hand in hand with remembering. When we remember things, it often leads to praise. Sometimes that can be good things and sometimes that can be bad things. So when we talk about how do we praise, how do we live a lifestyle of praise, we're going to talk about remembering, but also how do we praise the Lord? And so I'll often wonder that as I look at pictures like this, as I look at memories, is do we approach our spiritual life like this? Do we remember the things that God has done? Do we remember some of the times that the Lord brought us out of trials? Do we remember those hard moments? Or do we remember the times where the Lord is faithful and great? And do we praise the Lord? So do we praise God when we remember all that he has done and all that he is faithful with? And so this morning, as we walk into Psalms 146, it's gonna be a Psalm of praise and it's all about how we can praise the Lord. How do we live a lifestyle of praise? And there's a template that we see in Psalms 146, and it's awesome. So if you have your Bibles, we'll be in Psalms 146. I'll have it on the screen as well. So we'll dive in. There's four kind of movements. If we look at this psalm, there's four kind of things that we can see relating to praising the Lord. And the first one is this. There's a decision to praise. So we're going to see the psalmist actually gives us a decision to choose to praise the Lord. There's a devotion of praise meaning that our praise is devoted to someone. Spoiler, it's to the Lord. Devotion of praise to the Lord. And then the description of praise. We're gonna see why the Lord is worthy of praise. And then he's gonna bookend it with another decision to praise. So read with me, this is Psalms 146. Praise the Lord, praise the Lord, O my soul. I will praise the Lord as long as I live. I will sing praises to my God as long as I exist Uh, Do not trust in princes or in human power or human beings who cannot deliver. Their life breath departs, they return to the ground, and on that day their plans die. How blessed is the one whose helper is the God of Jacob, whose hope is in the Lord his God, the one who made the heaven and the earth, the sea and all that is in them, who remains forever faithful. Vindicates the oppressed and gives food to the hungry. The Lord releases the imprisoned. The Lord gives sight to the blind. The Lord lifts up all who are bent over. The Lord loves the godly. The Lord protects the resident foyer. He lifts up the fatherless and the widow, but he opposes the wicked. The Lord rules forever. Your God, O Zion, throughout the generations to come. Praise the Lord. So we're going to see how these four kind of categories, these movements are kind of laid out in this psalm and how we can turn that into praise to God. So this first part, decision to praise. Where do we get this? Verses one through two says, Praise the Lord, praise the Lord, O my soul. So it's this, it's this, the psalmist is writing to an audience. So when we look at Psalms, our Psalms are poems sung as expressions of worship. So psalms are a little bit different than like narratives when you're like looking linearly at a story of, of scripture. they're a little bit different than like the epistles, which are more doctrinally focused. Psalms are more emotions. And so you can see a lot of the emotions come out in Psalms. There's Psalms where it's like, God, where are you? There's Psalms where it's like, man, Lord, forgive me for my sins. Psalms are really emotive language. And we're going to see how this one is a celebration and praise to God. So uh, yeah, Psalms Psalms 146, 1 through two, praise the Lord, praise the Lord, oh my soul. So it's this exhortation to praise the Lord. Praise the Lord, O oh my, oh my soul. And then it comes right back to the author. So we, the psalmist is saying, hey, everyone praise the Lord. Also, I am not exempt. O oh my soul, my deepest, most intimate beings should praise the Lord. Every part of me, everything I am should praise the Lord, living a lifestyle of praise. Now, it'd be really nice if we look at verse 2 and we say, I will praise the Lord as long as I live and as long as things are going well. Be really nice. Just get like a little pen, mark it in your Bible. Be really nice. But it doesn't say that. It says, as long as I live, meaning that there is an aspect of even the hard times. The times where life isn't going great. The times where it's hard to see God. Those times we're still called to praise the Lord. Our lifestyle of praise is not dependent on our current circumstances. Our lifestyle of praise is not dependent on our circumstances. I will sing praises to God as long as I exist. A couple about a month ago, I started, I was encouraged by uh, a friend to be more focused and diligent in my thankfulness and praise to the Lord. And so his challenge and encouragement was hey, find a time once a day to be thankful and to reflect, be thankful for what God, what God is doing. I was like, okay, great. And so I found like a time I knew it was a consistent time as I left church, got in my car, and went home from the end of a work day. And so that was like my time in the car where I said, okay, great, this is a moment where every time I get in my car as I go home for the end of the day, I'm gonna find one thing to thank God for. One thing to praise God. You know what the crazy part was? That was actually incredibly difficult. You wouldn't think so, but finding one thing to praise God for it's actually kind of hard. Why? Because if you're anything like me, I'm so wrapped up in my life, I'm so wrapped up in what I'm doing, going from meeting to meeting, person to person, walking and just aimlessly going, or going too fast where I don't stop and reflect on what the God, what God is doing. And so finding that one thing for me to be thankful was was actually really difficult. And so I noticed it's almost like an atrophied muscle. If you don't work out, your muscles actually shrink, right? And so you need to exercise and it hurts, it's painful, but eventually they get stronger and they start growing. And so my thankfulness in the Lord, the more and more I did it grew. And what I noticed was I wasn't just sticking to that one time each day at the end of my work shift. I was actually noticing God and being thankful and praising him throughout the day. And so, My lifestyle of praise began to grow. So, my question for us how is our lifestyle of praise? If you're anything like me, it was really easy to go throughout our entire life or my entire day and not really think about what I'm thankful for or how to praise the Lord or why I should praise the Lord. So, the psalmist right out the gate is saying, Praise the Lord, O my soul, my entire being praise the Lord. As long as I live, whether good or bad, I will praise the Lord. As I live, I will praise the Lord. As I live, I will praise the Lord. And then this next movement is this devotion of praise. And we're going to see that there's actually two things that we can kind of put our praise and our hope in. Again, spoiler alert, he's going to move towards putting it in the Lord. But read with me. This is verses uh, three. It says, do not trust in princes, are in human beings who cannot deliver. Their life's breath departs, they return to the ground. On that day, their plans die. What a weird shift in tone. You go from praise the Lord, praise the Lord, praise the Lord, do not trust, in princes. You have a stark comparison of who we are to put our trust, who we are to put our faith in. And it's not in, as Scripture says, human beings. And this word princes is unique. The modern day equivalent would be like influential people, right? So we're not supposed to put our trust in people who have influence, who are power, who have authority, who have money to actually enact change. So scripture is saying don't put your faith and trust in them. Well, why? Because eventually their life departs, they die, they return to the ground, and on that day their plans to help go with them. So scripture is outlining the frailty of humanity. Saying at the end of the day, all of us, unless the Lord comes back, will die. And on that day, all of our plans to help, all the things we're trying to accomplish, everything in life eventually fade away. So the psalmist is arguing against putting our hope in something that is mortal or frail. Even if it is the best thing like the, the princes of the most influential people, the people that could actually enact change. Or are saying, hey, don't put your faith in them. And it's easy. We often do this, right? When we go through hard times or we go through a lot of stuff in our life, what do we do? We go to our friends. We go to our community. We go to people who can help. And that's not bad. None of that is necessarily wrong. But what the psalmist is arguing is, where is your priority? Is the first thought of, man, I'm in trouble. Man, I need help. Is your first thought, great, I'm going to go to my friend. I'm going to go to my community. And yet, we neglect going towards God. Do not put trust in princes and human beings who cannot deliver. And to make that point, we actually see the, the narrative sh- or the, the psalm shift again because now we go back to the Lord. Uh, so this is verse 5. How blessed is the one whose helper is the God of Jacob. How blessed is the one whose helper is the God of Jacob. Now, if you've read some of the Old Testament, the God of Jacob should be a kind of a buzzword. That should be ringing little arm bells, like, oh yeah, I've heard that before. And see, what's really cool about this scripture is when they say the God of Jacob, they're not only just saying the God, not only saying the God of Jacob, <laughs> mic drop, um, stuff. Uh, not only are they saying the God of Jacob, but they're actually saying the God of Abraham. It's a covenantal relationship, the God of Abraham. The God of Isaac, the God of Jacob. From Jacob, the 12 tribes. From the 12 tribes comes David. And through David comes Jesus, Messiah, and Savior of the world. So when the, the psalmist evokes the name of the God of Jacob, what he's saying is there is a faithfulness that the Lord has that is lasting for thousands of years. The faithfulness that God once had with Abraham in all of the patriarchs, is still existing. That's the same God that we are putting our faith and trust and hope in today. We're standing on a tradition. We're standing on a foundation, putting our faith and trust in that God. What an amazing source of compassion. What an amazing sort of faithfulness. When we look at the comparing of the humanity, which is super frail, told not to put our trust in them, but instead put our trust in the God who's faithful and has been faithful for a long time. Time, But not only that, it's also a God, if we look at uh, the end of verse 5, it says, whose hope is in the Lord his God. The Lord his God, not the Lord a God or some foreign thing. It's Lord our God, his God. There's a personal connection that we have with the creator. There's a personal connection we have with the Lord. So we're able, as, as God is faithful to us, he not only is just faithful, he is present and he is personal. There's a connection that we can have with our God. See, God could have said, I'm going to create the world, and I'm going to step back, and then y'all can deal with however y'all want to deal. He says no. He's our God. He's intimately involved with humanity and has been since eternity past, eternity present, and eternity future. God is a God who is with us and he is worthy of our praise because He has never left us, abandoned us, and He has a track record of thousands of years being faithful to His promises. Man, what an amazing God that we get an opportunity to praise. But that's not all because at the end, He also says in verse, uh, verse 6 that this God, this Lord our God, the one who made the heavens and the earth, the sea, and all that is in them who remains forever faithful. So not only do we see that God is faithful, but he also gives attributes that he's a creator God who has all power. And it's a nod back to Genesis 1-1, if you remember that when God created the heavens and the earth, and he created them out of nothing. He spoke them into existence. That God who has that type of power is the God that is personally invested and connected with you so that you can praise him. God is not distant. God is near us. He is for us. What amazing Devotion we can have to give to God to praise Him instead of seeking something that ultimately will fail. See, oftentimes we have a big view of man, a big view of man, and say, Man, I, these people can help. These are the ones that I go to. These are the people that ultimately bring about change. When the reality is our God is the creator, why would we not go to Him? Why would we not go to Him? But the reality is, when we go through hard times, We're in the deep, dark places of the world. We turn to something inferior. So how do we praise the Lord? How do we praise God, even in the dark, even in the deep, and even in the hard times of life? We don't know what's going on. We don't know how in the world anyone can fix this, but somehow the Lord can. And we have enough data points to know that he is faithful. In this side of heaven, we may not know exactly how that works, but we know that he is working for our good. So we, have, we can have devotion of praise to the Lord rather than humanity. So again, as I live, I will praise the Lord. In good times, bad times, when I'm tempted to run to other things that are inferior than the Lord. As I live, I will praise the Lord. And then the third thing, a description of, Third movement of description of praise, we're going to see how Scripture has actually laid out different ways that we can praise the Lord and why we should praise the Lord. And so it's a description of that praise. So read with me, verses seven uh, seven through nine. It says, "The Lord vindicates the oppressed, gives food to the hungry. The Lord releases the imprisoned, gives sight to the blind, lifts up all who are bent over the Lord, loves the godly, protects the resident foreigner, lifts up the fatherless and the widow but he opposes the wicked. It's interesting when you look at that list and just see the types of people that are in that list. If you go back to verse five, at the end it says, uh, how blessed, yeah, how blessed is the one whose helper is the God of Jacob and whose hope is in the Lord his God. Helper and hope, which if you look at this list, seven through nine, seems like people are helpless and hopeless. And yet our God is a God who helps those in need. Our God is a God who helps those in need. Those that are oppressed, those that are hungry, those that are in prison, those that are are blind and the Lord gives sight to, protects the resident foreigner. How praiseworthy of a God do we have that steps in to the most terrible places of our lives and say, I am there for you? It's comforting. And we can look back and say that Lord is faithful. We can look back and say, God, you are all powerful. We can look back and say, God, if you care about these people, surely you care about us. Because at some point, the Lord, we may be one of these descriptions. You may be one of these descriptions right now. Life may be so hard where it's like, man, Sam, I'm in such a deep and dark place that there's no way that anything can save outside of the Lord. And what an amazing and terrifying place to be when your only hope is in the Lord. And oftentimes the Lord brings us to those moments so that we can learn to praise him when things are going terrible. Praise is easy when things are going well. Praise is easy when things are going well, but how well do we praise the Lord when things are going hard? When you get to the end of the day and you're like, I don't know if I have found a single thing to praise the Lord with. And the Lord is faithful. My prayer and my hope is that like an atrophied muscle, we be able to exercise and build up and be people that give praise to the Lord and have a lifestyle of praise. Why? Because as I live, I will praise the Lord. As I live, whether good or bad, I will praise the Lord. And this last thing is a reiteration of the first point, a decision to praise aspect of whether in good or bad, I'm choosing to praise the Lord. Read with me. This verse 10 says, the Lord rules forever. There's power, there's authority. Your God, O Zion, throughout the generations to come, praise the Lord. What an amazing testimony of the goodness of our God when we see praising the Lord bookend into some really hard things. Temptations to flee to things that are inferior than God temptations to think of others less than ourselves. And yet God says, I am the creator. I'm the one who's faithful. I'm the one who lifts up people in need. So praise me. And the reality is, I would imagine all of us at some point have seen moments of elation, similar to when I got married, moments of elation of praising the Lord, and then moments of deep despair where doubt sets in and you're like, surely, Lord, this can't be all. And that the Lord, throughout all those moments, faith, is faithful to provide and care for us. Can we praise the Lord? So as I live, I will praise the Lord. May that be our hope. May that be our encouragement. May we walk out of here and be able to say that confidently and firmly as I live. Regardless of circumstances, regardless of what's going on in life, I will praise the Lord. I will praise the Lord. So as we're sitting here as we wrap up, just thinking through, is what is my lifestyle a praise? If you had to like mentally think through, man, where am I with this praise aspect? Where am I? So, how is your lifestyle a praise? How is your lifestyle a praise? See, I would imagine some of us in this room maybe have never thought about this before. It's like, you know, Sam, I've been a believer for a while now, and I've just never thought about praising the Lord like this. Like living a lifestyle of praise where it's not I just come to Sunday morning, worship, praise the Lord, and then I go about my day. See, some of us, there may be some enlightening that the Lord may be using this morning, saying, man, there's more to just one day a week praising the Lord. How do we live a lifestyle of praise? And see, for others of us, it may be, you know what, Sam, I, I've, I've learned to praise the Lord, but it's really sporadic. It's really sporadic. It only happens sometimes, and I wanna be better. I want, through the Holy Spirit, to be a person, to be a people that desperately praises the Lord all the time, regardless of season, regardless of what's going on. I wanna be a person that praises the Lord all the time. So that may be the second category you may be in. Or the third one, be able to say, Sam, this is something that I live. I live a lifestyle of praise and praise the Lord and I hope to be there soon. See, a lifestyle of praise requires decisions, requires devotion, and description of what God is doing in your life. So which one of those three categories are you in? If you had to take just a mental adjustment, just a mental thought of like, man, where am I at with the Lord right now? When was the last time I like purposely praised him? When was the last time I like had enough time to reflectively think of what the Lord is doing. Again, if you're anything like me, it's really easy to just go through life and then not think about what the Lord is doing. So how is your lifestyle of praise this morning? And then the last question, where is praise hard to find? Is there an area of your life that's like, man, Sam, I just, I don't know if I'm going to be able to find praise in this moment in this scenario, in this description, or in this area of life, it's just really hard to find praise. See, for some of us, it may be school. It's like, man, you're surrounded by a ton of unbelievers. It's really hard to trust and praise the Lord when you're surrounded by those types of people. For others of us, it may be our family. It's like, man, there's family stuff going on, and it's really hard in this season to praise the Lord. For other of us, it may be our friend group. It may be our work How do we praise the Lord through our work in a secular environment where it's cutthroat, where everything matters? How do we praise the Lord and give glory to someone else other than myself? So where is praise hard to find this morning? Is it hard to find in your school? Is it hard to find in your work? Hard to find in your family? Hard to find in your friends? And then what is one way this week, just one, one way this week that you can grow in your awareness and praise the Lord. Like my drive home, it started with just one thought and then has progressed until more of a lifestyle. And I hope, the Lord's provision, that it grows. See, these moments when we look back at our praise, when we look back at all the what God has done, just like the photo of Mary and I on our wedding day, it's a reliving what God is doing in the past, right now. So is there moments in the past that you're like, man, the Lord has been faithful in this moment, therefore, he can be faithful in this one. Is there moments in our past where it's like, man, Lord, you have been good in my life, therefore, you can be good now. In this side of heaven, we may not know some of the things that are going on in our life. We don't know why. Sometimes the Lord puts us through things. We don't know how they're gonna end. But I do know that our God is faithful. And he's active and he's compassionate and he cares us. So how do we give the Lord praise this week? How do we give the Lord praise this week? So I want to end, we're going to read through Psalms 146, the first two verses, uh, just again as a last charge and says this, praise the Lord. Praise the Lord, O my soul. I will praise the Lord as long as I live. I will sing praises to my God as long as I exist. Imagine what Grace Bible Church can be. Imagine what our world could be if we all left here and had lifestyles of praising the Lord. Imagine what your work would look like. Imagine what your school, your friends, your family, imagine what life would look like if every day we praise the Lord with our lifestyle and not just once a week or not just in small moments, but we had a lifestyle of praise for the Lord. So as I live, I will praise the Lord. May that be our hope. May that be our charge as we leave here at Grace Bible Church. As I live, I will praise the Lord. Let's pray. God, we thank you for your scripture. God, that is so clear and evident uh, the charges that you've given us to praise your name. And God, I pray that you would, even in moments Uh, right now, that your spirit would move. God, that we would find avenues to praise your name this week. God, even when they're hard or uh, even when we feel so, so desolate, we feel so far from you, Lord, may you draw us close to you. God, may we lean on your faithfulness and your power. God, may we ultimately praise your name. As we look back on the past and how you've been faithful and good to us, may that drive our future this week. God, maybe we be people that we can say, as we live, we will praise your name, Lord. God, we thank you for all you're doing here at Grace Bible Church. We pray this week that we'd go out and be lights in our community. God, that we would praise you and that we would have opportunities to grow in a relationship with you. And we pray all this in your son's name. Amen.